This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. Voluntary principle states that all human relations should happen by mutual consent or not at all. This podcast aims to promote respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Everything Voluntary. The Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum is a self-directed education trove for ages 5 to adult. Students will learn all about economics, history, mathematics, science, and even business and personal finance. To sign up for the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum, please use our special link at ronpauleducation.com. That's ronpauleducation.com. Uh, before we start the episode, I want to invite you to join me as a featured guest. I'd love to chat and get to know you and give you this platform to bounce your ideas around. To schedule... Go to the main website at everythingvoluntary.com. On the right-hand side, there's a link to schedule with me immediately. Click that link, select a day and time, answer the questions, and submit. That's all it takes. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's January 6th, 2021. So I guess 2020 is behind us and everything it brought is done and gone, correct? No, I'm afraid it just continues on. All right, in this episode, I wanted to just scroll through the World News subreddit, and when something catches my eye, I'll pull it up and we'll talk about it, whatever it may be. Okay, here's the first one. It looks like out of um, India, avian flu confirmed 1,800 migratory birds found dead in Himachal. Bird flu virus was detected in around 50 crows whose carcasses were found in Indoor in Madhya Pradesh last week, prompting authorities to issue an alert. This is from IndianExpress.com. Uh, samples of dead migratory water birds found at the Pong Dam Lake in Himachal Pradesh have tested positive for avian influenza or bird flu. Hmm. Around 1,800 migratory birds, most of them bar-headed geese, have been found dead in the lake sanctuary so far. Wow. Okay. So some sort of avian bird flu. Okay. It, it can only occasionally infect humans. It's probably not something we need to worry about. The The people who probably need to worry about this are going to be um, chicken and turkey farmers, right? People whose uh, assets, if you will, uh, are at risk for this sort of thing, uh, which means they're going to be pumping them full of even more antibiotics and antiviral, and our chicken is probably going to be worse off for it if you're purchasing that chicken. If you're por purchasing organic, free-range, non-antibiotic uh, non chicken, well, these guys are at risk. But, but maybe, well, I don't know, because these wild birds are falling for this, right? The wild birds are getting it and dying. So maybe it doesn't matter how robust the healthy chicken's immune systems are. Maybe Maybe something will happen where we'll have a shortage of chicken and turkey. This this has happened before, and it's kind of a blip, right? It'll probably be a blip again is my guess. Okay, look at this. More news out of India. 
Um, this is from a uh, UK source, however, pinknews.co. Oh, it doesn't like my ad blocker. Okay, seems all right. Two trans women win election in historic moment for LGBT plus visibility in India. Two transgender women have won local elections in their villages in India in an incredible history-making moment. Both women were elected to the Gram Panchayat, a form of local government operating in villages in India, on Wednesday, December 30. Uh, Devika Akka, a transgender woman, was elected in Ward 7 of the Saligrama Panchayat, while a woman known as Suda won the election in Kalahali. Speaking to local media about her win, Devika, 46, said a priority would be in serving the people. When I visited people's homes seeking votes, they had kind words for me. Now that they've placed their confidence in me, I will strive to live up to their expectations. The woman, the woman has been living in the region for 35 years and told the News Minute that she decided to contest the election after her friends encouraged her. She said, I will listen to the concerns of residents in my locality and highlight whatever issues they come to me with. I am to be available to my residents for even the smallest of needs. Well, okay. I don't know. I don't know how transgendered people are viewed. I can't imagine they're viewed in India as as well as they're viewed here in the U.S., right? It, my conception is the U.S. has been the most progressive on these sorts of things, right? Gays, lesbians, transgender, lesbians, bi, gay, trans, plus, LGBT, plus, all the stuff, right? So this could be this could be fairly significant. Um, I don't know how uh, the Hindi or Hindu religion views this. I have no idea. Let, let, let me let me do a quick search. Hinduism and transgenderism. Well, here's a Wikipedia page that says LGBT themes in Hindu mythology. Uh, LGBT themes in Hindu epics involve Hindu deities or heroes whose attributes or behavior can be interpreted as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or as having elements of gender variance and non-heterosexual sexuality. Traditional Hindu literary sources do not speak of homosexuality directly, but changes of sex, homoerotic encounters, and intersex and third gender characters are often found both in traditional religious narratives such as, and and it lists a bunch that I can't say, as well as in regional folklore. Hindu epic has been exa- has many examples of deities changing gender, manifesting as different genders at different times, or combining to form androgynous or hermaphroditic beings. Gods change sex or manifest as an avatar of the opposite sex in order to facilitate sexual congress. <laughs> I, always li- I always like hearing or reading that phrase, sexual congress. <laughs> Non-divine beings also undergo sex changes through the actions of the gods as a result of curses or blessings or as the natural outcomes of reincarnation. Okay, then it goes on. Tell you what, I'll link to that if you're interested. That's that's kind of interesting, but uh so I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know. I'd have to probably poll and talk to some folks in India or from India, and I don't really have access to anybody right now, um about what kind of life uh people who are trans experience throughout India. And it, it, it'll probably vary by region, just as it would in the US, right? There's probably more progressive or accepting places and less accepting places. But if there's, you know, if there's quite a bit of that, and it sounds like there is in their uh, mythologies, right? The Hindu epics, then that would speak to a greater level of acceptance once this has become a thing. And maybe it's always been a thing. Maybe it's 
maybe they are more progressive than we are in the U.S. because maybe they didn't have that religious baggage that we had here in the U.S. with, with you know, Christianity and stuff. Interesting. Okay. Let's keep scrolling. Okay. This is, this is interesting. This is out of The Independent, which is in the U.K., and it's telling me service unavailable. Hmm. Well, I guess I'll take this page and I'll go over to archive.org and I'll go to the Wayback Machine and I'll look it up there. Hmm. That fails too. Well, let me just access it here on Reddit and see if there's a summary. The 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 um the title of the post is Brexit, a product of lies and false promises. Macron says in New Year's message. Brexit is a product of lies and false promises. Usually there's like a a bot that will take the article and shrink it down and post a really long excerpt. Let me see if that exists here. Oh my god, this is a huge thread. It's got fifteen almost fifteen hundred comments on it. Well, all right, we're not gonna be able to read the article, but let me say a thing or two. Um it's annoying, that's not working. I'll leave it up here anyway, just so I don't forget to put it in the show notes, but I think I think it's interesting that a politician, Macron, this guy, isn't this, um, who's Macron? He's the French prime minister, right? Let me double check. Yeah, Emmanuel Macron is yeah, elect, elected president of France in 2017, Emmanuel Macron. Okay. So he's, he's claiming that Brexit, which was the British vote to secede from the European Union that happened, geez, I think it happened in 2016, didn't it? And then every year since, they failed to reach some sort of exit deal, right? They didn't have a civil war like the U.S. did right back in the 1860s when several, not all, but several southern states seceded from the United States and created their own confederacy. And their reasons were that they were trying to protect the institution of slavery and they were trying to get out from under the thumb of um, intolerably heavy, uh, the intolerably heavy burden of tariffs. But slavery was obviously a, also a reason for that. I acknowledge that. But that's not why Lincoln conscripted so many people. <laughs> Both sides conscripted. Um, right? He created military slaves in order to attack the southern states who seceded. He didn't attack them to abolish slavery. He attacked them to keep them from seceding from the United States to preserve the union like it was some sacrosanct thing that must be preserved at all costs. So he went to war, the bloodiest, deadliest war in American soil. The European Union has not gone to war against uh, the UK, against England, against Britain for seceding, right? They tried to work out a deal, whatever that meant, doesn't matter, I'm not going to look into it. And it kept failing year after year until finally it didn't. And now we have the French president, obviously this is, uh, you know, there's some bitterness here, saying that Brexit is a product of lies and false promises. This is a politician who, as we all know, politicians' entire campaign is typically based on lies and false promises. His campaigns were probably no different. I'm not going to dig into who he is and what he believes and how he got elected. It's It's far more likely than not that he made promises that he couldn't keep. He knew he couldn't keep them. And of course, he's had a lot of issues to deal with since 2017 with the uh, the yellow jacket protesters and everything else. He's had a lot of problems, including an increase in 
I don't know if we could call it domestic terrorism or, uh, you know, people being afraid of the influx of uh, Middle Eastern refugees and immigrants and whatnot, terrorizing people. I mean, this is, I don't know how accurate any of this is. This is just kind of the impression I get, right? That they're just, you know, they're everywhere raping everybody. And I'm sure he promised a better France when he ran and got elected. And it's probably not a better France, especially now that we've had 2020, right? And he's probably done like every other politician did and destroyed their economy over, over, you know, over this virus. So I just, I don't know. I just kind of caught my eye. I find it quite hypocritical for a politician to call, to call another political campaign for a political campaigner to call call another political campaign the product of lies and false promises. He probably doesn't have a leg to stand on. Okay, I can't get that page up, so we'll just we'll just move on there. I'll I'll link to the Reddit if you're interested in the conversation happening there, um, and maybe it'll work then. But anyway, let's keep going. Ooh, here we go. This is from jakartaglobe.id. So this is Indonesia, I believe. And it says, child predators to be chemically castrated under new regulation. This is from January 4th. Convicted child molesters will undergo chemical castration as an additional punishment under a new government regulation signed by President Joko Widodo. <laughs> it's probably a really common name. Jakawi is his nickname. Jakawi had already inked the regulation on December 7th, according to a copy of the document posted, blah, blah, blah. The regulation was a follow-up to the 2016 government regulation in lieu of law in child protection. The regulation allows chemical castration via injection or other methods of those convicted of forcing minors to have sexual intercourse with themselves or other people. The chemical substance will blunt the sex offender's libido for up to two years. The punishment is imposed if the crime involves more than one victim and results in severe injury, mental disorder, infectious disease, disturbance, or loss of reproductive functions, and or the victim's death. According to Indonesia's criminal code, child molestation is a crime punishable by up to nine years in prison. The offenders would undergo the chemical castration once they complete their jail sentence for the crime. All right, I was going to think if you're doing it, if you're doing it at the beginning of the jail sentence and then they're in jail for nine years and the castration only is effective for two years, then it's not really a punishment, right? They're not, they're in prison. They're not around children. So what, what would be the point of that? That's what I was thinking. But then it just said it's not going to happen until after their sentence. So it's kind of a, you're in jail for nine years and now here's an extra sex jail, um, for two more years. Uh, Before the procedure, a team involving medical and psychiatric experts must carry out a clinical review to determine whether the punishment is possible. If not, the castration is postponed for six months at maximum for another clinical review. Prosecutors must inform the court if the result remains unchanged. In addition to the chemical castration, so this is is after they get out of their nine-year sentence, molesters must wear a tracking device in the form of a bracelet for two years at most. Their identity will also be publicly announced. The mandatory tracking device and identity disclosure will also apply to those convicted of lewd acts with children. The new regulation, however, exempts child offenders from these additional punishments. The Women Empowerment and Child Protection Ministry said it expected the regulation could deter child molesters from committing the crime. The ministry's online portal has recorded a whopping 5,640 child sexual abuse cases from January 1st to December 11th. Child sex abuse requires extraordinary measures such as chemical castration because these offenders have ruined Indonesia's future. 
the ministry's child protection deputy Nahir said in an official statement on Monday. The government official also ensured the perpetrator would receive rehabilitation following their chemical castration. Offenders will not only be chemically injected but undergo rehab to hold their excessive sexual desires and get rid of their inappropriate sexual behavior. They will receive psychiatric, social, and medical rehabilitation. Okay, I don't, I don't believe, um, I don't believe that anybody molests children who were not themselves first molested as children. I think that child molesters were were prime were at the beginning molested children. Okay, these these are people who have suffered greatly in their lives, and that's not justification for them to uh, continue the cycle of abuse. Right. I think parents who hit their kids are are people who were hit as kids. Okay. I, I, I think that's indisputable. I think that violent criminals were once kids who experienced a lot of violence and trauma. Okay. Every every shithead adult was once an innocent, an innocent victim of some adult. Okay, we've got to remember that. We have to remember that. If we care to remain humane we care to remain human, if we care to remain compassionate towards those who are suffering, then as, as difficult as it is and as unpopular as it is, we must keep in mind that every monster was once the victim of a monster. Okay, and that's not to excuse, that's not to justify or excuse the behavior. It's not. It's to understand. We must understand where this comes from. So somebody you know, is charged with this and it's proven that they did it and they're sentenced to jail for nine years. Is that justice? Well, in most modern nation states, prison is only paid for as a result of another injustice on the rest of the population, right? Through taxation. So prison pretty much everywhere on this planet is itself um, in, in, in injustice. Okay. It exists as, as, as a matter of coercion against peaceful and innocent people. So I can't support this for that reason, primarily. Okay, but I get it. In in the status sandbox in which everybody in the world is playing, we have prisons and they're used to punish and to, to punish criminals. Okay. Nine years for for this. I mean, this is obviously somebody who we can say should know better than to do this, but they're also somebody who has I mean, it's difficult to say this. But probably the worst life is the life of um, a pedophile. And I, I know this is controversial to say. And the reason it, it sucks so bad is because of they've had such a shit childhood being victimized, as I just explained. And now their only way to experience sexual gratification is to further victimize, which they're not allowed to do. So these are people through no fault of their own have been given this curse of child-based sexual gratification that they're not allowed to act on, right? I would absolutely hate it if I was not allowed to act on my sexual gratification that I get from, in general, adult women, right? That's that's who I'm attracted to. That's who turns me on, is adult females. And I'm, I'm free to find adult females and convince them to have sex with me. Well, right now I'm in a contractual relationship with one adult female, so... Per the terms of the contract, I am barred from doing so. But you understand what I'm saying. I'm allowed to um, satisfy my sexual urges. I'm allowed to do that legally, right? These people aren't. 
So these people were victimized as kids. They were abused. They were traumatized. Maybe they weren't traumatized. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's something that never rose to the level of trauma, but probably. And they now have learned this behavior, right? It's 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 something that has obviously fucked them up in in a in a very bad way for them to then turn around and have this same these same sexual desires for for kids. They've obviously been fucked up through no fault of their own. Through no fault of their own. Right? Some monster did this to them. Some monster did it to that monster. Some monster did it to that monster. Infinite regress. Right? By the way, this is probably extremely common in most of the world. Right? This is probably extremely common. Okay, I think that doing this to kids as well as other horrible things to kids have been has been more common than we as humanity like to admit throughout our history and throughout the world today. So they go to prison for nine years, and then after that, they get a bracelet that everybody's going to see. They get pretty much a scarlet letter, and they're tracked, and they get this chemical castration where they won't have a libido for two years, and then it'll just come flooding back. And then what? And then what? They, they convince themselves that they shouldn't do this, that it's a bad idea. They have to start repressing right? What good comes from repression? I don't know. I don't have a solution here. I'm just trying to point out the problems. But I would, I would think we as, as intelligent people could come up with a solution. Maybe it's digital photographs. Maybe it's virtual reality. Maybe it's whatever. Okay. We don't need to further victimize kids and we shouldn't do that. Obviously it's one of my crusades, but I don't know that this is a solution either. I think the urges will still be there, right? It's like it's like it's like taking a straight person or taking a gay person or taking whatever and trying to get rid of their sexual desire. I guess you could do it. You could you could give them a lobotomy. You could cut up their brain, right? Find the sexual urges part and cut it out. But is that what we want to do to each other? Is that the kind of people we want to be where when we discover deviance, we simply cut it out? Maybe, maybe there are deviances that should be cut out, but we should also recognize where it comes from. We should, we should have a better understanding of that. And that should drive us to having a bit more compassion, but also let's find some solutions here. Maybe this is the best we can do. Maybe a little, little prison time and a little chemical castration time and a little tracking by bracelet time. Maybe it's the best we can do. I don't know. All right, let's keep scrolling. Let's find one more. This guy, this guy. This is from The Guardian. Pope, the Pope, Francis, condemns traveling abroad to escape coronavirus lockdown. This guy is all in. This guy has been all in. With anything government authority wants to do, this guy seems to be a cheerleader for it, right? I mean, I don't know. This guy seems to me to be somebody who really, really wants political power. And he doesn't He doesn't have it. I mean, I guess he does in his little his little city-state of the Vatican, his little micro-city-state there. But otherwise, he doesn't really have it, right? But he wants, you know, he's got some really grand ideas about what the governments of the world should do, right? He's a typical leftist, you know, probably a democratic socialist slash Marxist communist, probably. That's that's the the impression I get is that he's bought into all of that stuff. Com- coming from Latin America, I'm not surprised. So he it says Pope Francis has condemned people who'd gone abroad on holiday to escape coronavirus lockdown, saying they needed to show greater awareness of the suffering of others. (laughs) 
seems to me that Pope Francis being a conduit of God would have a better idea of just how severe and serious and upon who the severity mostly rests than he seems to have. He seems to just bought, you know, the mainstream line about how this is the worst pandemic ever. And it's not. I, I highly recommend, and I'm going to link to this. Let me pull it up here. I highly recommend Ivor Cummins, Ivor Cummins' latest viral update video. It's from, from January 4th. And he, he starts out, let me pull this up here. Hang on. I'll link to this. Okay. You can probably hear that. Let me pause that. Okay. He, he starts out with this. Um, let me open all of it. It's from Sweden. And it shows monthly deaths per million from January 1851 to July 2020. Okay. And he shows, he, it shows like the points, um, where the, the monthly death per million just spikes upward, but it also shows the trend of it going downward. Okay. From 1851 to 2020. Okay. This picture alone should tell you all you need to know, um, about COVID-19 about just how deadly it is. And he goes through a lot of other stuff. But if we go back to 1857, there was some sort of dysentery epidemic in Sweden. And the spike is over 4,000 monthly deaths per million. Okay? It's over 4,000. And then we go forward to 1869. There was some sort of famine. And that spike is just over 2,500. And then we go, and the next one he outlines is the, is the 1889 to 1895 Russian flu. And there's a couple of spikes in this period. The highest spike is just under 2,500, okay? And then we get to 1899 cholera, and that's just below 2,000 monthly deaths per million. That's in 1899. Okay, the next big spike, which is the second biggest spike after the dysentery spike, is the 1918 Spanish flu, and it's just under 3,000. It's just under 3,000. And then there's some little spikes around 1500. We have the 1931 flu. We have the 1941 flu. Those are just around 1500. And then well, well below that, probably around 1200, we have 1976 flu, 1988 flu, 1993 Beijing flu. Okay. And below all of those that I just named, 1857 to century, 69 famine, Russian flu, cholera, Spanish flu, 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 Beijing flu. We have COVID-19. And guess where it sits? just over 1,000, okay? So when you look at this and you see this downward trend through this period and you see all these spikes that are, you know, the dysentery was four times higher than COVID. Spanish flu was three times higher than COVID. What else do we have? 31 flu, 41 flu, twice, uh, one and a half times higher than COVID. 1899 cholera is twice as high as COVID. This is obviously not the worst pandemic the world has ever seen. It's not even close. It does, and he goes on and talk, he looks more at the 1918 Spanish flu, and he he looks at the average age of death there, which was like 40. And when you add up the average number of 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 living lives lost, right? So if a 40 year old dies and his expectation is 70 years or 65 years, that's 25 years of life lost. Okay, so you you figure out that how many average years of lives lost, and when you compare the Spanish flu, which has you know an average age of, I don't know, 35, 40 years old, to COVID-19, which the average age is like 80, it's less than one, it's less than one year life lost for every COVID death compared to 25 years or whatever it is for the Spanish flu. It doesn't even compare. It's ridiculous. Okay. All right. So I'll link to that video. We'll end with, we'll end with that. If you haven't seen it yet, 
this guy, you know, every month or so he comes out with these, this data and he says, here's the state of the world. Here's the U.S. Here's Europe. He really just keeps it there. He doesn't really look outside that. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of good data out of the rest of the world. Maybe you can get, you, he look, he does look at Japan. I don't think he doesn't look at South Korea. And of course, China, there's, there's nothing, there's no good data coming out of China. So I don't know the fact that the Pope is condemning people for trying to avoid lockdowns, trying to live their lives, go back to normal. All I can say is fuck the Pope. <laughs> he's just another, he's just another mainstream leftist. He really is. He's not radical. He's not a conduit for God. He's not interesting. So there you have it. All right. That's it. What do we look at? We looked at the new avian flu. We'll see if that hits the US. We looked at two transgender women being elected in India. Okay. We look at we looked at Macron calling Brexit a product of lies and false promises. And of course he's he's not he's never engaged in anything like that. We looked at uh, child predators being chemically castrated under new regulations in Indonesia. And we looked at the Pope and we looked at uh, Swedish uh, epidemic history. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's going to do it. Please remember, don't hurt people, especially your children. Don't take their stuff, anybody's stuff, including your children's. (laughs) And don't ask permission. Thank you so much for listening and have a better day. Please send your comments and questions to everythingvoluntary at gmail.com. Please consider supporting this podcast and everythingvoluntary.com by setting up an automatic monthly donation at patreon.com forward slash EBC. One-time donations are also accepted at paypal.me forward slash everythingvoluntary. Will you do us a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing, please share the podcast with your friends. We really appreciate it.